Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 61. When we take a Royal Caribbean cruise, we take a great deal of time to plan our perfect cruise vacation. We look at which ships we're going to sail on, which restaurants we want to eat at, and what we'll do and see on board. And while we're there, whether we're alone or with family or friends, we try to capture those moments, memories, and details that we want to save and share with our friends at back home. But unfortunately, most of us are not professional photographers, myself included. So this week, I'm joined by someone who will help us all learn how to take better photographs on a Royal Caribbean cruise. We'll discuss how to take better photos so when we get home, your shots will come out great. Here we go. I'm really excited to welcome Ryan Frisch on the podcast. Ryan has been a good friend of mine, and he's actually a great photographer. And talking about photography while taking a cruise is a big part of vacations. I used to be just be like, well, you take a camera, you take photos, and whatever. Now everyone sees these beautiful photos. Other people are taking like, I want to have those great photos. I want to have great family photos on board. I want to get great photos of the place we're visiting, these beautiful ships. And so, Ryan, welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. Thanks, Matt. This topic is, is really important to me because I am an aspiring photographer. I'm not very good at it. I have a, I have a DSLR, but you know, I would just want to take better photos and, and have a great time on board and be able to get, create these, these wonderful memories, but for not just my family, but you know, have wallpaper for my, for my, for my computers at home and, you know, really just create these great shots that I see. And I want to invite you on here, Ryan, because I know you're such a great photographer. So talk to us about, you know, when when you're preparing for when you're taking a cruise, what do you have to keep in mind about taking uh, photos on a cruise that may be different than taking photos on land? You know, one of the main things is uh, like you have to make sure your backups with your memory cards and batteries, and because you know if you're you don't want to run out on your memory cards on the middle of the cruise ship and have to go try to buy a new memory card that fits your camera. Oh yeah, so that. That's one of the main things, and just having plenty of batteries for it. Um, th- then uh, the next thing would be just knowing your camera, knowing how it works. Because, you know, when you're on the cruise ship, if you're on the inside, you're going to be in a nice dark room, some of the bars or some of the areas, you know, and just knowing how your camera is going to work in a darker room versus outside. Absolutely. Good, good, good tips all around. Let's talk about, I know you have some tips here that, are good for you know keeping in mind, so to speak, because you know it's not that you have to have an, a five thousand dollar camera, a two thousand dollar lens, and and have you know experience you know shooting in the Serengeti to be good at this. I mean, <laughs> there's some really yeah. basic things you can really do to kind of improve your shots, no matter what you're using, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, the number one thing, of course, is going to be just practice with your camera, just kind of know how it works. And know kind of the different settings that you have on it, if it's, you know, settings for in the night or in the day and stuff like that. But um, so that that's going to be, you know, one of the main things. Yep, absolutely. Taking that into account, I, I agree about that. Practicing, you know, at home, going out to your local town green and taking photos there is always a good idea. So, yeah, that that's a good one as well. And, you know, what I... For me, Ryan, maybe you can help me out here. I am a huge sucker for nighttime photos. Like, to me, there is no such thing as too many nighttime photos. I love how the Royal Caribbean ships look at night and sunset photos. What's your best advice for people who are looking to get good nighttime photos? You know, the best thing with nighttime is make sure that on your camera you have it set to an auto ISO. 
Um, if your ISO is set too low, your pictures are going to just be pure black. Um, so having your ISO set up a little bit higher, um, as far as like on an auto mode, is very important. Um, and then, you know, not to be afraid of using a flash. You know, if you're outside and, you know, you got your wife or, you know, on the railing and you got the sunset behind you guys, you know, it's really good to just kind of use a nice little bit of a flash to make sure she's lit up right and, you know, you'll get the sunset in the background. Absolutely. What about group photos? What if you want to, you know, a lot of people go on cruises, they're bringing their families, they've got friends, they've got their cousins. I mean, when you're going on these cruises, like we're going on the Royal Caribbean Block Group Cruise, which I always, I'm obliged to plug every every episode here. Uh, March 21st, Quantum of the Seas, want you to be there for it. Uh, you know, if you're trying to get lots of people in your photo, what are some good techniques for working everybody in? You know, the main thing is just make sure everybody's tight. Sometimes it actually gets to where, you know, you always hear like a photographer taking your picture, like squeeze in, squeeze in, you know, and that, yep. that's always one of the main things. Cause I mean, that could just change the picture big time, you know, and not being afraid to just grab somebody and say, Hey, do you mind taking a picture of us? I, I mean, that's where you get the nice pictures of all of you, you know, and in nice areas and, you know, make sure you get pictures of people up close, um, showing more emotion in the photos, you know, that's always a good thing. Yeah, that's that's a that's actually a really good idea because what I tend to do, my photography style is like documentary. Like I try to take photos of like here is my daughter doing this, here is my daughter <laughs> doing that, here is my daughter. Like, but I think you're right. Like getting the photo of just like my daughter smiling it doesn't matter where she was or you know what was behind her or whatever. Like getting that kind of expressions, I think that's that's a really good uh, tip right there. Yeah, you know when you get uh, pictures of especially with the kids. I mean, when you get pictures of them just playing having fun hanging out in the room even you know you can get a cute picture and just make sure you get up close and you know i think a lot of time with people on their vacation uh pictures they try to incorporate everything in the whole entire area and try to get you know where it's you got one little person you got this huge view of them behind in the background and you know a lot of time if you just take a picture and get the whole view of where you're at to kind of document and get a nice picture of the area then get a picture of the subject of your wife or kids, you know, get a picture of them up nice and close and, you know, try to get the motion on their face. Absolutely. And when we're talking about also in terms of cruising, as I know you've taken a couple of Royal Caribbean cruises yourself, where do you like to take photos? Where do you think is a good, are there any areas of the ship that just lend themselves to being like, you know, really good photos in, in general? You know, the last one we did was on the, um, Oasis and, uh, man, I, did a GoPro and we ran around that ship and we filmed about every single thing on it with the GoPro. <laughs> and it was nice because I just had a little handhold thing on there and my kids could go around and do stuff with it. You know, we threw it in the pool, got tons of pictures of them and video of it um, in the pool. The neat thing, just any of the decks up high, you know, the decks up high where you can get kind of uh away from stuff and your backgrounds more ocean and sunset or you know the cities or the islands where you're at you know that's always a good spot the dining room is one spot that actually is pretty tough to get a good picture in when you're sitting when you're sitting in the dining rooms you always think it's pretty nice and bright but it's really not when you start taking pictures in there <laughs> so it's kind of one of the things you need to make sure you know uh tr maybe try your 
camera in your own dining room with, you know, not a bunch of lights on and just kind of see how the pictures turn out if you do need to use a flash or, you know, something like that. And, and, and the thing is, I think I think you agree with me on this is that, you know, since the, the great thing about memory cards is don't don't feel bad about, you know, just taking lots of them. Just keep going until, you know, if it doesn't come out, don't worry about it. Just take a bunch and you'll you'll figure it out in the, in, the, in post-processing later, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, on memory cards, I mean, I took... I think I had four different ones for my GoPro, and then I had about five or six for my camera. <laughs> just, <laughs> make, just making sure, you know, I mean, because a lot of times, you know, the memory card might hit, you might get 50% full after one day or, you know, a couple days. And if you're going on a, you know, excursion or on an island or something, you want to make sure you put a new memory card in. And then that way, too, you have it all spread out in between multiple memory cards. You don't want to go and have everything, your whole entire vacation riding on one memory card, you know, that spreading it out. Um, yep. Especially like some of them where you get like an 8-gig card for a lot of cameras, you know, an 8-gig card. You can get a lot of pictures, and you can buy an 8-gig card for cheaper than a roll of film. Oh yeah, eight so, gigs now these days is like nothing. Now it's like you know you gotta get yeah. like thirty two sixty four gigs if you're. That's what you know. But <laughs> but it really they're producing like eight gigs is like they give those away to people now. It's like here you oh, go, here's yeah. eight gigs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and and you can get good deals on a sixteen or thirty two, and and you, you know even just do it to where you have one card per day, and then uh, on ours I backed up mine um, onto my iPad with a little camera adapter. Um, and then actually the other crews, I end up taking my laptop and backed them up every night. Um, and then I just took the SD cards and stashed them away in the wall that we kept all our passports and then just kind of just got a fresh new memory card every day. And, you know, it worked out really good. Good. And uh, let me ask you this last question here. When we're, you know, one of the things that, that inevitably happens, you're just close to water all the time, be it at the pool deck, on shore excursions, it just seems like it's naturally you guys are hanging out by water. And, of course, as you know, water is evil for cameras. I mean, it just oh, it's, yeah. it will destroy them. So what's your advice for taking, you know, photos that are are not necessarily involving water but close to water or, you know, you're at the beach or, or the situations I mentioned earlier? Yeah, you know, a lot of time if you're close by water, you know, if you have your camera wrapped up or, you know, you get it in like, like a little waterproof bag or if you got your day backpack – Maybe just see if you got like a pocket in there where, you know, it's waterproof or something to stick your camera in that's waterproof. Um, if not, if you really want to go and get it wet, we did a tubing excursion down in Jamaica. And, uh, you know, on that one, I just took just the GoPro and, you know, that worked out really good because, I mean, we took it down with the tube and, you know, pass it around from tube to tube and film the whole thing and it worked out really neat to be able to have it to where you can actually stick it underwater. Just because nice. a lot of the just because a lot of the excursions you end up doing are in the water, you know, yeah. <laughs> playing on the beach. So you know, if it's so, Ryan. The other thing was, of course, we take these great photos. We we have them all stored up. It's on there. It's on your computer now, and they look beautiful. I'm like, wow, this is great. Thank you so much for listening to that podcast with Matt and and that guy Ryan. Wow, that was perfect. But you got to do something with them. I mean, it's nice to just look at them on your computer, but it's even better to actually show them off. So what are your tips for, you know, showcasing your photos that you take on your cruise? You know, the first one's probably just, you know, put them out on Facebook and uh, uh, Google plus Uh, Instagram's great too, to kind of put out there and show some of your friends. But 
the one thing we did on our last one was uh, my in-laws kind of took us on a cruise. So we ended up doing a nice photo book and uh, did it through the iPhoto on the Mac and uh, ordered up a real nice photo book of all the pictures from, that everybody took. And they kind of gave that to them as a gift for taking us on a vacation. Nice. That's a great idea, actually. Yeah. uh, You know, you're you're someone treating you or even if they just, you know, kind of how about, how about, you know, you're always struggling. Oh, what should I get for this guy's birthday for Christmas, you know, for whatever. And, you you know, you're a gift card, I guess. But, you know, this is a really, (laughs) this is a, you know, sending them a photo book or something to that effect or maybe a a blown up photo that that's really nice of them. Or send them a photo of yourself to remember you by. <laughs> you probably yeah. should do that. <laughs> but this is, you know, a good way to, you know, kind of it's it's a thoughtful gift, in other words. So. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's something that you know. I know the ones that we've done for my in laws. You know, they they love them, and then it's something nice when people come over. They can show it, and they can show it to their friends, and you know, it works out really good. And you know, doing like a little video. Um, I did one of uh, our last vacation just made a movie of all the stuff i put together and just kind of threw it on youtube you know and it was really nice it's got a lot of views and a lot of family you know it's a nice way to show other people that aren't close by or at your house your video photos absolutely awesome well these are great tips and of course i want to direct all of our listeners to actually ryan's website which is uh, photoryan.com is the website you can check out his photography there some great work i was browsing around the other day and lost track of time so thank you very much oh, for you. it's uh some good shots there and uh the other thing was of course as you know ryan and i know that you listen to the podcast the uh when we bring people on the podcast we always ask them a couple questions here so i'm gonna, I'm gonna say ask you some all quick right. questions and just fire back the first thing that comes to your mind all right sounds good favorite restaurant on a royal caribbean ship you know actually we fought we the main dining room for us we love that place it's a classic can't argue with that uh, preferred drink while on a Royal Caribbean cruise? A Labadoozy. Yes, you're the man. <laughs> Virtual high fives all around. Your <laughs> um, favorite port of call to visit? Um, God, that's tough. We've really had a good time in Jamaica last time. Um, yeah, about, I'd have to say with that, that was a good time. How about a favorite port of call to visit for photography? Like, what's the most photogenic place you've been to? You know, I think a lot of the pictures. I think uh, St. Martin. And St. Mm, yes. Thomas Bolt. I got a lot of really neat pictures there. Um, and then, uh, you know, a couple of times just around the hotel in Florida. You know, <laughs> sitting there <laughs> like the well. night before or the day after, you know. like Yep. So. Sounds good. Yeah. And lastly, favorite song on the radio or your iPod today? Um, you know, we went to a One Republic concert and uh, American Authors opened up for him. So. Me and my kids have been pretty stuck to that for the last couple months. Nice. I have not. I have not heard any American yeah, authors. Pretty songs, good. So. Nice. Yeah. Well. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for taking the time to join us and talk shop here about photography. I know that a lot of people love to take better photos, and I'm hoping that some of these tips are going to help some of our listeners out. All right. Awesome. Thanks for having me. All right, it's time to answer your emails as we go through my inbox and answer your questions, thoughts, tweets, Facebook messages, everything else you've sent me over the week and discuss everything Royal Caribbean. And of course, I also want to take a quick moment here and thank everybody who's submitted some great reviews on iTunes. Once again, those iTunes reviews are what helps spread the word about the podcast. Unless you've got just thousands of friends you're very good friends with and they're interested in cruising, then please tell them about the podcast yourself. 
But otherwise, a quick five-star review on iTunes, a little comment here. Always appreciated. Helps out a lot. I know many of you have already taken some time out to help us with that. So again, I want to thank you all very much. I really appreciate which great friends I have here on this podcast. Thank you guys so much. First email is from Christopher Percy. Of course, Christopher's a great friend of the show. Christopher writes, very interesting to hear Danielle's review on episode 58 of her recent cruise on Alert of the Seas. Awesome, overwhelmed, intimidating, all great words to describe her first impressions on the alert. Great to hear she was pleasantly surprised by her cabin, especially after her many cruises on Disney where the cabins tend to be larger than most cruise lines. Danielle felt that her promenade cabin got top marks for overall value too. Adventure Ocean received a thumbs up from her children, which is great feedback for us parents, or in my case, grandparent, for making future plans to take some junior cruises along with us. Central Park sounds like a great spot for couples too. The Allure certainly has something for everyone. The number of dining options is amazing, and one does need more than just a week to explore the ship fully. I think you've convinced Danielle to always consider Royal Caribbean and not just look at Disney for her future cruise adventures. And you know, Christopher, I agree 100% that I think she's seen the light. I think she really has gotten it, so to speak, in that she sees why we all cruise Royal Caribbean. And I think, honestly, I would be more surprised if she chose a Disney ship in the future than if she chose a Royal Caribbean ship. Honestly, I think she's really uh, seen the light based on our conversations, both on the podcast and offline. Man, she's just a big fan now. So great to hear we got another one on board. Next, we have an email from Mike Dunphy. Hi, Matt. Great podcast and blog. I'm really enjoying cruising on Royal Caribbean in anticipation of my Freedom of the Seas cruise next August. I'm certainly what you would consider an amateur Royal Caribbean Cruising 101 type question. The question has to do with booking excursions. Is that something you can be booked online prior to your cruise? And if so, is there a booking window prior to your cruise that opens up? And if so, what's the time frame? How does one go about doing that? I know this is very basic, but I'm wondering if you have to sign in or use some other identifier to open an account when booking online. It seems it's been many years since we last cruised, and that was on Disney, and I think at that time we had to make excursions on board only. We're very accustomed to booking windows for our Disney vacations, and now FastPass Plus Sigh. I'm hoping this will be much more straightforward and user-friendly. Great question, Mike. I'm actually going to put a link in our show notes on royalcaribbeanblog.com to a couple articles about booking excursions. Here's the basics of it. You can book your excursions on board the ship, no problem at all. It's very simple, straightforward. You go to the desk, you can do it there. I think actually on the newer ships, you can actually do it through the TV. But this is obviously the slower means of doing it. you got to take time to actually do this. And yes, to answer your original question, you can book it online, in fact. And there really isn't a window of time per se. Royal Caribbean basically says you can purchase shore excursions once you've reserved a cruise, received your reservation number for that cruise, and made at least one payment towards your cruise. And that's it. And in my experience, I've been able to make cruise excursions many months in advance, like six months in advance, nine months in advance. And sometimes, though, excursions, offerings, and things change, and there may be new things added. Maybe a month or two before, something's removed. As an example, on my Navigator of the Seas cruise in Belize, one of the excursions to a private island was canceled about, I would say, maybe two or three months before the cruise, I think. Maybe even maybe even a month. And it's just kind of the nature of the beast. Things change. They're obviously working with locals down there and, you know, how things go. Anyway, so... Once you're able to, once you have the information, so you've booked a cruise, you've basically put a deposit down, and you have your cruise reservation number, then you can go to RoyalCaribbean.com, and you'll be able to log in. You'll need to create an account if you've never done that before, and it's pretty straightforward to create an account there. And then once you have an account set up, then you just put in, you have to link your reservation to your account. All that requires is your last name, your cruise reservation number, your cruise sale date, and maybe a phone number or birthday or something. And then it's all in there. And then you'll see an option in your cruise planner to be able to book anything right there. And it's pretty straightforward. You go through there. They have descriptions. Some excursions have more information than others. Some have videos. Some just have photos. Some have no information whatsoever. They just have a quick detailed information. 
it, it kind of varies. But there'll be prices there. You'll have the option to choose and, and purchase it. The thing is, you will be prepaying it. So if you book that dolphin excursion in Cozumel and it costs $200 a person, you're going to be paying $200 times whatever right there on the spot. They're going to need those deposits right there. The good news is you can always cancel it, and it's not like it's written in stone. But it, and, and, of course, it also helps that you can prepay everything, right? You're not having everything just coming in one lump sum at the end of your cruise and like, oh, boy, how am I going to pay this one? I have a huge credit card bill. Instead, it helps you kind of spread things around. So keep in mind that, you know, if you're kind of short on cash or you're not ready to book yet, just what's out there. And there's no harm in certainly, you know, just taking a look around there and seeing what's available. But I would definitely advise booking in advance. Just A, it helps plan things out. B, those lines with the shore excursion desk are always long unless you go there during weird hours. But don't waste time on your cruise waiting in line to go book things you could have done online. That's always my thought on that. So I think, Mike, your best bet is to book them online and just take a look at what's out there. And the other thing is, you know, don't forget there's also excursions you can do on your own. So kind of compare. And, and there's also a podcast we've done about and articles in the back will link to both about booking excursions and kind of the strategies involved in there. And hopefully that'll help you out there, Mike, as well. So have a great time. Next, we have an email from Noel Kivamaki of Ottawa, Canada. And I apologize for probably butchering both your names. But anyway, here's your <laughs> here we go. Just listen to your latest podcast. Great to hear Danielle had as much fun on Allure as we did. Her enthusiasm came through on the podcast. Our kids, who were seven and three at the time, similarly loved Allure. So we actually asked them whether they wanted to sail on Disney again or try Oasis. The decision was unanimous, and we followed up with Allure with an Oasis cruise this past March. As you discussed, there's so much to see and do on board. One week just isn't enough, which is why I think a great marketing strip by Royal Caribbean and successfully drives up follow-up cruises. I also wanted to flag a potential show topic. I recall a few months ago, one listener asked whether you considered including coverage of celebrity cruises in your blog and or podcast. While I know you were cool with the idea at the time, I would like to echo that interest. We've been on nine cruises, five on Royal, and are keen to try Celebrity, and our friends have been uh, urging us to try it along as well. And as Platinum Crown and Anchor Society members, Royal Caribbean certainly has encouraged us to try their sister brand by offering reciprocal benefits in the Celebrity's Captain's Club. It seems like a great opportunity for our show topic to share a bit about Celebrity, including both how it's similar or different from Royal Caribbean and how Crown and Anchor members are treated and can benefit by sailing Celebrity. Keep up the good work on the podcast. The great idea, by the way, first of all, thank you for the email, and I agree with you everything you said up there about Danielle, and I agree, we got to do a show about celebrity. You know what? If there's one of our listeners that's out there and wants to come on board the podcast who's been on a couple celebrity cruises, a couple Royal Caribbean cruises, the more the better, of course. We can compare and contrast. Love to have you join us. Just send me an email, matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com, and we can make that happen. I think it's a great topic, and some, obviously, it's, it's something that I think a lot of people consider because they are sister companies to each other. They're very similar different and i know that a lot of people always look at those options that are out there i want to you know see maybe there's a little uh, variety involved so i like that idea thank you very much for the email next we have an email from donald cavanaugh donald k on the message boards and donald writes congratulations on maintaining the podcast for over a year you instinctively strike the right balance between enthusiasm and information and it's always compelling listening as I indicated to you before on the blog, I first came across you as a guest on the cruise cast with Kaylee and James. And when you were mentioned that you heard your own podcast about over a year ago, I subscribed and haven't missed an episode since. One thing that's missing, however, is the discussion on European cruises and cruisers. I seem to recall you were slightly skeptical of Royal's commitment to Europe on the cruise cast, but the fact that both Allure and Anthem are to be based in Europe next year suggests that apparently that slump you were concerned about is now over. Personally, I really enjoy the previews and follow-up reviews of cruises you do from time to time. And with that in mind, here's a proposal for your consideration. I'm cruising on Liberty of the Seas from Barcelona on October 12th, a month from today. 
I'm sure a lot of listeners will be considering European cruises next year, and it might be interesting to feature a European cruise before the season ends. Another avenue possibly worthy of exploration is the different terms and conditions that European cruisers work under. If we cancel a cruise, the deposit is automatically lost irrespective of when the cancellation is made. Also, prices are fixed once the deposit is made, so the price drops cannot be claimed back. I believe this is as much a matter of consumer law as it is Royal Caribbean policy. However, my central suggestion is that you feature a European cruise, and I'll put myself forward if you're interested. Donald, I think it's a great idea, and you know what? Maybe we'll make that happen. So, Donald, send me another email, matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Obviously, you have email. You sent me the first one. <laughs> and let's talk about that. I'd love to have you on to talk about those European cruises again. I want to make sure this podcast is inclusive of everything Royal Caribbean does. There's no question we focus mostly on North American cruises, just the nature of the beast. I live here. I'm most familiar with the product. I think most people that take Royal Caribbean cruises take North American cruises. But you, Donald's absolutely right. Royal Caribbean offers a lot around the world, not just Europe. Asia, the Middle East, they're really big and it's expanding, in fact. So we want to make sure that this podcast is res- is reflective of that, really, and we have the most to offer you. So I love the idea. Let's make that happen, Donald. Send us an email. And of course, if anyone is taking cruises to Europe or is experiencing these kinds of things, let's talk about it. I want to get as many of you, my friends, on this podcast and make this, again, as inclusive. This is your podcast. This is your show. I'm just here to post it on the internet, but I want to make sure that we get as much input and helpful information for everyone to share as we can. So again, Matt, M-A-T-T, at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. Thank you. Donald, man, I think I'm, I'm butchering everybody's name this week. I totally apologize for that. Next, we have an email from Brett Melworm. And Brett writes, I've become a fan of yours and a weekly listener of the podcast since booking my cruise on Quantum of the Seas for April 2015. The 99 days of Quantum Blog and your podcast have only added to our excitement of being on this awesome ship. Here's my dilemma. My fiance and I wanted to have a small wedding followed by a wonderful honeymoon that corresponded with her spring break. She's a teacher. A Royal Caribbean cruise with a wedding package that leaves out of our home state of New Jersey, along with our close family and friends to attend before my beautiful wife and I set sail was the perfect fit. Being able to sail in quantum during its inaugural season was the icing on the wedding cake. Now the issue. My fiance is an excellent planner and she's getting a bit concerned. Okay, she's downright freaking out that Royal Caribbean is not allowing and has no real information regarding any wedding planning on this new ship. Is there any information or any specific recommendations you can have regarding this problem? Great question, Brad. So here's a couple things you probably want to keep in mind. First of all, Quantum of the Seas is brand new. And in fact, every aspect of it is not known, even to Royal Caribbean. I mean, I'm sure if you were to call up Royal Caribbean and talk to 10 different people, you'll get 10 different answers on the, all the information they possibly know about the ship. So keep that in mind. you got to give them a little bit of slack here and understand that once we get to the launch part, which again, happening in November, I know, look, trust me, I've been through a wedding. I know that you need as much time as humanly possible to plan these things. But if you can wait until you get closer to maybe November or December, so the ship is out there, everyone knows what's on board, the details are kind of being worked out, that'd be the best. But in the meantime, I would recommend a couple different avenues if you haven't already gone about doing this. First and foremost, I would contact Royal Caribbean's wedding department uh, directly. I don't know for sure if you've sent them emails. I know you mentioned a package. I'm not sure if this is just like the package, like on the website, you can book like the same kind of package I can book for a honeymoon that just has like streamers and stuff like that. But make sure you're talking with someone, try to get a phone number to contact the wedding department directly and say, look, here's what we're trying to do, blah, blah, blah. Go through that. The other thing you might want to consider and something that I would do if I were you, Brett, is work with a good travel agent who knows not just Royal Caribbean, but also the kind of the wedding, preferably a travel agent who knows Royal Caribbean, who's worked with the wedding department before. That'd be great. Because what you want to do is have a, a someone in your corner working for you in this regard. And again, this can just make that back and forth nature of working with a company a whole lot easier. And that would probably be a couple of steps I would take. You have to understand that right now, as we stand on today, on this episode, as when this episode airs, 
we there's just unfortunately it's a new ship not, everything's not written in stone yet and not everyone knows everything they probably should you could argue that but they don't it's just the nature of the beast and and just how it goes but the good news is as we move closer to the launch and once we get right past that launch you're going to see a lot more information become available the the options the the details will all be coming out there. But in the meantime, I would make sure you have a good point of contact and somebody you can touch base with constantly to say, hey, is there any more updates on this? We want to make sure that, you know, we have everything in, in line and everything's lined up. We want to make sure we have a great time and they know that as well. So kind of getting the, the bearings down there to begin with might be a good place to start. And beyond that, the internet is your friend, my friend. I mean, you got to go on there, check out different message boards, post information. There's lots of other people in the same boat, no pun intended, <laughs> that you are. And I think you're going to have a good time on there. But Brett, if you get to a point where you get to like December and you're still in an issue, let me know. Send me an email. We'll take it offline and we can try to find some options for you because I, I want to make sure you guys have a great time. There's nothing better than taking a honeymoon on a great cruise like Royal Caribbean and of course, wedding stuff. Oh, love that stuff. So have a great time, Brett. And again, I want to thank everybody for sending us great emails this week. Man, I love these things. I love reading your thoughts on here and I want to make sure you get them so if you've got a Royal Caribbean question thought uh, suggestion <laughs> got to, I, I want to hear it all really honestly and truly this is your podcast so please email me matt m-a-t-t at royalcaribbeanblog.com so until next time I'm Matt Hotchberg and we'll talk again soon <laughs>